says, Greg has entered the chant. It goes, now recording. All right. So, collective consciousness. Collective consciousness, collective consciousness is the set of shared beliefs, ideas, and moral attitudes which operate as a unifying force within society. This term was introduced by French sociologist Emile Durkheim. Dirk. It is the division of labor society in 1893. So what were you saying about it before? You, you, you said you can lay out a scientific case for it? Yeah. Okay. Well, well so pretty much... Lay, lay down the background, though. All right. Well, first, first I'll, I'll explain why I became interested and sort of how it came about. So I started... There's a period like a year or two ago where I just started getting a bunch of sleep paralysis. And... And it just became like a normal thing that would happen like a couple times a week. And I was like, well, this is kind of freaky. Well, then I started to get used to it. And I was like, well, maybe I can see some like signals in my sleep. Like maybe there's something like trying to contact me through sleep paralysis. Cause I kept seeing like these messages or signs. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. So one of the first times I had collective conscious was like the one night I was back home in Connecticut for like during like Thanksgiving or something. And I was sleeping in my bed. And I just woke up with sleep paralysis and like, you can't move, you can't do anything, but your eyes are like open and like locked on something. And I was looking right above my window and I saw this demon figure there and it was just sitting there not doing anything. I was like, well, that's really creepy. Then it went away. And then like the next year I came back to my house for like Thanksgiving again, woke up with sleep paralysis again. There's that same demon there right above my window, but this time it's chest burst open and this gold light came out and just started displaying this really long set of numbers and letters, almost like like alien figures that just like get displayed and like that you'd seen like a movie where numbers and letters are going around crazy. And I started reciting these out loud, like at like light speed, just like like actually talking, like audibly talking. And the last ones I I saw that I remember were two one one five H, and so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's like a sign. Like that's like a code that's got to come up at some point. So I I remembered that two one one five H. And so then I, so then like last year I started getting more sleep paralysis back at school. Um, and so I started keeping track of the different things that the different like codes I would get. And so I got some things like, uh, so you always see numbers you're saying? Well, no. So, so it's different. It's usually, I mean, with sleep paralysis, you usually see like a demon. Yeah. I've had that before. Yeah. I've had that before. And it feels like, I, I don't know. The way I describe it for me is that I, feel like there's like a weight on me yeah no that's like a common like, thing you just kind of like pin down like you know yeah. like thor's hammer like nobody yeah. can lift it you're just no, stuck that's like yeah that's what so like like you, you can't move but like you're, you're not you start seeing kind of like hallucinations like yeah this. so it's pretty much like you've beat you've like come aware of things and like your eyes are open and you're like aware of things happening but your body hasn't like woken up yeah. yet so like your mind is awake but like your body isn't so like you don't have the ability to move yeah so you don't act out your dreams i'm pretty yeah sure. yeah so you don't like, harm like, yeah. yourself in your dreams. yeah but then what happens is when you're in that state your like amygdala or something just starts like firing really rapidly which like triggers like fear a fear response so even even though there's like nothing going on your heart starts like beating faster and you just become like scared and so when you're like scared like that you sort of create scary images so you often see like demons and stuff and it's usually just like my towel that's hanging on the door but it creates like this detailed it's like uh, when you're a kid and yeah you know you're afraid of the dark or something that'll yeah. monster in the closet it's that same type of feeling at least that's what i get when i yeah i feel it that's really weird though that 
you would you say that most people who have this see demons? I think yeah. yeah I think it's, it's pretty generally reported. And, to, but so it's based on your own fears. I'm assuming. Yeah, like, probably. So and like, I feel but, like demons, so so like demons in everyday life. You know they're not real, right? Yeah. It feels real though. It's I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like know. something like that, we know it's real. Like we know it's just like a fiction that people created to get us scared. We know it's not real, but then when you have your brain has to create something to like, I guess, rationalize the fear or whatever. Yeah. It's weird how that it goes to that for most people, like a demon. I, be, I think because that means that almost everyone's like deep down, like actually scared of them. I think. Well, I think that deep down, like if you if you trace the route back to any sort of fear, the bottom line that you always reach, the kind of bedrock of that fear is always death. Like demon is, is if you trace it back, like it's ultimately it's a fear it's of associated death. Because, with death. Because like when you die, like demons are associated with hell and stuff. And that's like the worst possible thing that could ever happen. Like what if you, you die and you wind up in that place? Like that's the last place you'd ever want to end up. So I, I feel like that's why the demon, like you can kind of trace it back for anything. Like why are people afraid of spiders or snakes? Because that's hardwired into your brain. 30 foot tall spiders in the pavement <laughs> at the fight off. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like you could, like those type of things killed plenty of humans when we were, you know, going around like scattering. But like people who are actually scared of snakes and spiders, I feel like it's not as bad as what. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I would say half of people maybe are like actually terrified of that stuff, if not less. Yeah, probably less. But it, it, you're right. I think demons and stuff. No, like but yeah, then it's weird. But that like everybody's afraid of demons. So it's not like half and half. Well, like, that that point kind of even feeds into collective consciousness. As okay, yeah, like, sorry, like the, the shared, the shared thoughts. Yeah, because yeah. shared beliefs and stuff. Well, yeah, but in sort of like a, it's and not it's perception too. Like your brain is like well, everything's perception. Yeah. yeah, continue. Sorry, I no, no, went no. On that tangent. Yeah, but so, so that, but then, like, when I started getting sleep paralysis enough, I was, I, I was like, you start, you stop becoming scared because you sort of expect it and you know what's going to happen. So now, so then, I just stopped, like, it stops becoming something that's scary and you just know what's going to happen. So you see the demon, and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, I know I'm in sleep paralysis. There's a demon. I know it's not real. But I started paying attention to like some cues that would happen. So sometimes they would scream, some, the demon would scream something, or there would just be like a word that was displayed. Um, and so there are random things like Zorax, X-O-R-A-X, that, Zorax. I, that I've been looking out for. And then Spathus, S-P-A-T-H-U-S. Those were other different uh, signals I got. And then, um, and then another random one was about and I, I had no idea, like I wasn't thinking about this, but it was, um, it was September 11th, like the night. So the night of September 10th. So like probably like 3am on September 11th that I woke up with sleep paralysis and I saw the image of George HW Bush go across my vision. And then I woke up the next day and I was telling my, my roommate about the, the latest sleep paralysis I had, cause I kept updating him on them. And then later in the day, I realized it was September 11th. And I was like, why, why, why did I have a, a George, but one of the George Bush's uh, sleep paralysis as my demon on, <laughs> on, on 9-11? So I was like, well, that's weird. But then, so then I just started thinking like, okay. And it was mostly started as a joke. I was like, oh, what if there are like these signals that I'm getting sent? And it still kind of is a little bit like a joke to an extent, but you start like realizing things. And so 
I, was, I kept tra- keeping track of the, the signals and I was like, let me just try to like figure out what all this means. So I just started like drawing like these weird diagrams with like different connections and like it looked like tentacles like the coming detective, off of like the in detective shows when they run the streams. Yeah, yeah but, but it started out as like different levels of um of like consciousness and that like different people occupied like different tiers of consciousness and that there is ultimately like one central thing at the top, which you could almost envision as a like God. Yeah. And then it branches off into like these sub these subsets, which and then those subs so like the top subset or the top set creates all the other reality, like, like a different level of reality. And then within that reality, the, the things that occupy that reality then create more subsets that then just break off. And I, I was like going down all these things and I was like, all right, well, I guess, I guess what I really want to get after is like, everything is like connected somehow. Yeah. Like, like I'm receiving these signals from something. Something is like giving me these signals. So I was like, why don't I call it like collective conscious? And so I came up with, with that term and then I Googled it and it turned out to be like an actual thing. So that's also kind of collective conscious because like, why did oh, I, why did, why did I, why did I call it the same thing? And so I started like looking it up and stuff and um, pretty much like my interpretation of it is that there's, there's something that sort of connects, connects everything. And so the way you can kind of scientifically explain it is imagine like a field that like, I don't know if it's like the Higgs field, but something that gives matter like mass because mm-hmm. matter just exists, but then there's a field that runs through everything that attributes it mass. And that's like, I don't know if that's the Higgs field, but it's something like that. So, there's like, there's like a field that runs through everything that, that, that does that. So the, the idea you could have behind that is okay. Then maybe there's this field of like consciousness that runs through everything in different structures and organizations of matter are able to access that more, which is why like more complicated organizations of like cells and structures are able to pick up on some of this consciousness and why we're able to be somewhat aware yeah, of our consciousness than, any than like a rock. Yeah, but like maybe a rocket does have this running through it. It just can't. At some other level though, some yeah. other frequency yeah. is running through the rock. Exactly. And so everything kind of contributes to this. And so that then in some sense, everything is kind of connected in a way through this field, which is why when something happens somewhere completely unrelated to something else, like it seems to be like connected or you just like think of things and then they suddenly appear. Well, it's like quantum entanglement. Yeah. Like quantum entanglement from what I understand from it. And I don't understand very much, but like one particle on the opposite end of the universe can change. And the entangled particle changes, not like in relation to it, but like exactly at the same time. Yeah. Like there's no delay at all. But like what's running through both that causes that? And I think that's been proven. Yeah. But I mean, there there's obviously something like what you were talking, what were you talking about before? What's it called? Higgs field or something? Yeah. Something that is relating those two together that we just haven't figured out. Yeah. Yet. But like so it's definitely hidden. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, the, I, I just thought of an analogy like in the past five minutes that I think kind of makes sense in that. So, so at least with the collective conscious, what I just started becoming aware of was things that just like coincidences, which like coincidences are bound to happen. But when you start thinking about all the coincidences and like, I would say whenever a coincidence happened, I'd be like, I would say to like my friends, I'd be like collective conscious. They'd be like, oh, that's stupid. But now all of them say it to me because it happens so much. And they'll tell me about times when they noticed it, where like as basic as thinking of a song and then it comes on the radio to like thinking of a person and then they just, you know, we haven't seen in years and then they come into the room just like you, they, you meet them randomly in a coffee shop or like 
like us when we were just like randomly out on the street in Boston oh, yeah. and hadn't talked in like a year. Yeah, we just and then we just like ran into each other. Just like things that like like maybe you're not actively thinking about it, but there's something like subconsciously that is being like drawn together. So you can think of it kind of like what I, the analogy I just thought of was like with gravity. So with like the or Higgs, magnetism. Yeah. Well, so like with like yeah. the, the Higgs field that attributes gravity or that attributes like mass to part to like matter. Um, and then, and then it causes a gravitational force where it pulls in other matter towards it. You could think of the collective consciousness, this consciousness field is that, when you, um, if you like will something to happen or like your consciousness interacts with it, it, in a similar way that gravity pulls matter towards itself, you're pulling an outcome towards a certain outcome. So you're pulling, um, so you're interacting with that field, you're interacting with it and you're causing it to shift. You're causing the like future to shift more towards one outcome rather than another one. So it might not be active. And it might just be like a probability, like you're just shifting. It just is now shifting more the probabilities. Like yeah, because like, that's what quantum mechanics all funnels down to. It's like yeah. probabilities, like probabilistic type yeah. stuff. And your like interaction with this consciousness field pulls an outcome, just like how gravity pulls in matter. It pulls an outcome towards a certain like outcome that you're thinking about. Yeah, and that kind of ties in with like what I like to believe is like the most rational explanation is like the infinite. Uh, realities kind of theory where like every single possibility there's like a universe for there's every single possibility of infinite possibilities exactly in, like realities where there's infinite branches of time where anything any combination of possibilities could happen because then it's just like shifting those possibilities to one branch or the other I guess but that's ridiculous also oh, I, I was going to say with the example of like meeting someone you haven't thought of in forever would it be like a conscious, like you thinking of that person, or is it subconsciously of you thinking about? It? Like, are you aware? Well, so maybe I, it's both. I think. Well, yeah, I, was I, say- I think at the basic level, some of it just sort of is like you are drawn. Like maybe you went to that location because, like, subconsciously you were kind of drawn to that because they were also being drawn. Yeah. To that so I was gonna say, um, if it was like you consciously thinking about someone, it would make sense that of like pulling outcomes towards you because you're aware of it. So like maybe you do actions that will like more likely have you meet them in your life or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then if it's subconsciously, you have no idea about it. But then if there's like that action reaction thing, then then you you start noticing. Yeah. By you subconsciously creating that, then the other half has to be with them. But if it's subconsciously for both of you, then they come together. You don't, you're not aware of it, but like there is a force still, behind it. Still interacting with other Yeah, or like you pick up, like you subconsciously pick up on like a a signal that they also like pick, pick up on or something. Like there's... Uh, like you're drawn to it. Like you yeah. were saying before, like there's something interacting where you're drawn to it. Yeah. Um, I think another thing is like how come we've evolved in the the kind of direction that humans have been evolving towards and our brains have been evolving towards is always something of like unity. Like think about what all religions think of, of as like a God, like an all powerful God, like monotheistic gods. It's always like one collective consciousness. Well, that's, that's why I think that's like how come, how come every single culture that developed independently of each other is drawn to that idea. We're always like drawn to that. And 
even currently where the kind of focus of science or at least a lot of like scientific research and AI and stuff like that is like uploading our consciousness into one collective unit. I think like like, one master it's like, human. Yeah. You just kind of, well, well, I don't know if it's like one master human or one like hive mind type thing Yeah, where it's just at this, like, you know, like grave mind from halo and the flood. Yeah. Like it's like one collective unit that like branches out. Are there multiple out. grave minds though? I don't know. I think there's a lot of grave minds. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Is there like the grave mind, grave mind? Yeah. But in general, I think that that idea is attractive to us and us to think about. And we've just constantly been like I progressing know. more so towards that unification in terms of like a collective consciousness in that sense. So there's not only like how it affects us in everyday life and what we notice in that, like the scenarios you were describing, but also just as a, on a general population scale, that idea is something that we're all drawn to as well. So there's got to be some reason behind that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think about the thing about God too, is like, like I'm not religious at all, Yeah. but me neither. Yeah. But like, I think, I think the idea, like the type of God that I could believe in would be something that's just like the collection of everything. And that it's all just, it's like the sum of the, all this consciousness is like what God is yeah. and that it just sort of is in all of us to some extent yeah, and what, that it sort of connects everything. What I see it as too, is like, whatever is behind the rules of all like the math and science that we know, like whatever is generating that, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but there's, there's something, there's always going to be like something beyond that, that we're discovering. And whatever is like, like you said, that forces, those forces that are kind of holding the glue of our reality together, that is kind of the top tier of it all. So, so with, with the collective consciousness, there, there were some interesting studies that were done that were testing out like group, uh, group, like collective, so like sort of actively reaching whatever this like field is or mm -hmm. whatever you want to think about it. So, um, and to, to try to like act actively change that. And so the way that the, the studies they did, which were like a little bit controversial on their methods, but it was, it was run by scientists that were associated with Princeton and Princeton has kind of been said afterwards, like they were kind of doing, they didn't exactly like verify that their tests were like true ethical. or not, not, not ethical, but that they were like run legit, but they were, they, the results they got were pretty interesting. So what they did was they took random number generators and so like normally it's like just generate a zero or a one. And it was like literally like a physical device that would just generate random numbers and like read it out. So they, they decided to put random number generators sort of in places where there's a lot of collective thinking. So like a place where like a large place of like worship or at like a stadium or something. And they would track, um, it, they didn't have people like actively willing for the same thing, but just were thinking about a similar thing and what they would notice was like normally you can imagine like a random walk happening with a random number generator where it sort of bounces around the mean but like it always sort of comes back um to some degree and you can sort of calculate the probability that something like walks off in one direction which is bound to happen like occasionally but 
the like degree to which it, it walks off, like you just start producing a ton of ones, like way more ones than zeros. You can calculate like the probability that that would happen over the like amount of time you're doing the experiment and to the degree at which it walks off. And they found with probability of a mil or a trillion to one that the walks they were getting in these scenarios could not be attributed to chance. So like a p-value of point zero zero zero, like a ton of zeros. Trillion. So a trillion to trillion, one, yeah, yeah. pretty much for like your p-value for statistically that it would be attributed to chance. So meaning that there is, and they so it's not random. Yeah. So there had to be so the that device being in this area where collective thinking was happening is somehow affected by yeah and they, they ran that again like multiple times different places Holy kept getting shit. like a trillion to one <laughs> and so like the odds just you know that it was happening randomly were just Dude. like almost zero and so then what they also tried to do was then they set up a bunch of these random number generators all around the world and they tracked like over the course of, like 10 years major world events so things like, you know, like a mass shooting or an earthquake or royal wedding or like 9-11, things like that. And it's kind of creepy because, again, with like a trillion to one odds, you just get these spikes on like all these major things. And you look at you look at the background noise, you look at like September of 2001. It's nothing completely flat. 9-11, the Can random number generator spikes off to like like a hundred times the normal background that you don't see like any other time, like ever, and just like nine 11. It's like, okay, maybe that happens sometimes, but this happens for like a lot of the different major events, events. major events. Wow. And, and like, so there's some question is like, okay, well you can kind of pick and choose some of the events you want to look at and like, ignore, other but it's still kind of creepy. Like looking at like nine 11, 2001, and you just get this huge spike of like, cause the idea is that all people, like a lot of people around the world are then collectively thinking about, thinking about something and that, that somehow influences these random number generators. Um, Do you know what those studies are called? It was run at like, Princeton. I know it was run, well, it, I, can't, I just wanted to look. Yeah, it, like by Princeton, but it's something I want to read up on that later. Princeton collective consciousness studies. Yeah. Um, and Princeton, I think, has kind of like removed themselves from it. Global but, consciousness yeah. projects. But it was, it was pretty interesting to like put yeah. like at least some type of scientific thing that global conscious yeah i'm definitely gonna read up on that um that's another thing that reminded me of is that i'm human they did some study where humans can uh accurately predict with a greater than 50 percent chance whether someone is looking at them with their oh, yeah. head turned like if they're oh, facing yeah. like, what is that facing one direction feel someone looking yeah at they you. but i for, uh, let me look up what the statistics are but people are way better than just randomly guessing yeah. yes or no at whether or not That's someone so is weird. looking at the back of their head. Is that like and a force the human it, the human field of vision is not doesn't go that far. Yeah. It, but I don't know how that happens. That has to uh, that, the only way I can explain it now after that is like, but like like some like, sort of force force field that's yeah being directed if you start becoming aware of these things like you see it all the time and it's it's really weird like there's there's just so many so many instances like like my girlfriend the other day was had her last day at work and she was sad because one of her coworkers that she'd worked with wasn't there for her to say goodbye to because they like worked on different dates like they didn't work on the same day and so she was kind of sad and so but as she was leaving um, her work, which is uh, the Museum of Science in Boston, 
she saw that girl who she works with with her parents it like completely on her they were just getting like lunch and they were only there for like a short time and it, like the girl wasn't working they were they were just randomly getting lunch outside and so she ran into her and it's like but she was like thinking about this girl and was like sad that she wasn't seeing her and then like so i mean there's just like weird coincidences where like yeah that happens just through coincidence but it like if you become aware of that kind of stuff and like keep track of them it happens like way too often for their they're not to be something. Yeah, I've heard like plenty of stories too of people who like are going abroad and they see someone that they went to elementary school with in this like some remote part of the world. Yeah, that they haven't seen forever. Th- that sort of stuff. That was like uh your brother Nick and Jack. Yeah, right? Beckerman. He ran into Beckerman. Yeah, like that. That's so bizarre. Like outside of a bar. Like what? What are the odds there? across the I mean, world? I guess like for those sort of things, though, they're both there a, for the same reason. They're both though, there so for like yeah, study abroad. I mean, like but, some of them you kind of like rationalize, yeah. like but like some of them just get like really weird. Like one of them was, I was at Moe's back in West Hartford, just getting food, um, back for like some break from school, and I was with some of my high school friends, and we were we like talked a little about some stuff that went on in high school, and we. Uh, we talked about this one random kid who I don't think I've ever talked about in my life who was like three years older than us. And we just like randomly brought him up um, because one of my friends did wrestling and he like wrestled, but I haven't seen him in, in a long time. And then all of a sudden, like, and then, and then we also talked about this other kid who was also just like completely random. Um, and so then like five minutes later, this kid who I haven't seen in the longest time who's like the only person we talked about since we got to Moe's, he shows up into Moe's and we're, we both, we all like look at each other. And <laughs> we're like, that's Not only did he show up, the other kid who we only talked about these two kids who I would never have any reason to talk about. This kid comes in, starts talking to us and brings up the other kid who we had been talking about just un, unprompted. Like we didn't even have, like we hadn't even talked yet. He just brings up, information about and i didn't even know this kid knew the other kid and it, it was like it's just things like that that happen and you just notice them and you're like like yeah there's some coincidence like okay we we're both from west hartford like he's showing up to get lunch somewhere mm-hmm. you know we, we just like happen to be talking about him but then he brings up like the other kid like yeah. there's just and you notice a lot of this it just makes you like and, and i don't necessarily like believe that there's this collective consciousness thing but i think it's just an interesting thing to think about that like this could like if I mean, there's got to be forces out there that we have no clue about yeah. because we can't detect it yeah. with our current technologies and and scientific. Like we're limited just by what the science is currently. But I feel like I mean they didn't they didn't know that atoms existed a hundred years ago. Yeah, they didn't know that like bacteria existed a hundred years ago they couldn't see that sort of stuff. So in a hundred years, this might be just as trivial to future humans. Another reason I would want to live forever. Yeah. You could find <laughs> out like what everything is in the universe. That'd be so cool. But then you're like left alone for the rest of yeah. eternity. Yeah. Some asteroid hits the earth. Yeah. You're just like, some asteroid around. hits you. Oh, but you're still painful. That would be not. Yeah, this is this is what I was talking about. The psychic staring effect, sometimes called what does that say? Scopesthesia. Supposed. Yeah, I think. I think. What is it? I want to see what I can't find the percentage. Oh, okay. Here we go. 
Subject answers were correct. 15.50.2. Well, this one says 74%. I don't know how many studies have been done, but I think the average is greater. It's greater than 50%. Like regularly they've done the study and it's greater than 50, 50. So, but you expect 50, 50, right? Yeah. You'd expect 50, well, what, 50. What deviation is considered like substantial? Like 50, I, it just depends 50. on like your, your sample number. Yeah, it depends. On I mean, it could number. be 50. Or like if you do it a hundred times, like maybe 52%. Yeah. Like it's significant. Yeah, it depends on that. I think it's, did it say anything about collective consciousness in here? Journal um, of consciousness studies. Journal of consciousness. That's 53%. Whatever, whatever it is, though, it's yeah. like, yeah, the sixth sense, like that. That's been a, that's a concept that's been around too. Sixth sense, like, yeah, and also animals. There's animals that can out there that have other sensory organs, like sharks can sense uh, electromagnetic fields. Like, there's so many stuff out that so much stuff out there that we can't detect, but other animals can. If we tap into that, maybe that. We'll, we'll be able to figure out something else, you know, break through where we were stuck. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes like maybe subconsciously and just like picking up on things and like, and humans are hardwired to recognize too. Yeah. Like that's just the fundamental reason why we have gotten so far is because we're so good at pattern recognition. Yeah. Cause if it's like for survival, right? Exactly. Cause like, if you know that, that snake on the ground that's red, yellow, and red and yellow is poisonous. You're going to avoid that snake, live longer, pass on those genes. And then Same with the like uh, berries and stuff. Exactly. What berries are poisonous. Uh -huh. That's something that always boggles my mind is the early humans. Think about how much stuff they knew. Like they, they weren't thinking about math science like we were, but they knew probably hundreds, thousands of different types of trees and plants that they couldn't, couldn't eat. Yeah. They knew how to, you know, all, all this sort of stuff that would keep them alive. Like w which plants you need to boil before you eat it or all these different like methods of preparation so you wouldn't get sick. All these, all the uh, herbal remedies and plant remedies that, to treat infections and uh, illnesses and all that. It's pretty crazy. It's it just, I guess we just kind of like, since we don't have to worry about any of that, yeah. any of that anymore, we can focus it on math and science, and those sort of pursuits. But back then they had such vast knowledge oh, yeah. of their surroundings. I think it's interesting though, to try to like explain some of this stuff, like scientific because like, yeah. cause like, especially like not being like religious, it's hard just to buy into something that's kind of like magically happening. And, and there's like this, so like, I, I, I feel like being able to scientifically scientifically like prove something it would like that that's why some of the, the studies are kind of interesting there may be something there but it's not but, as concrete as people would like but the thing is like gravity like nobody could prove gravity yeah so i think it's just a matter of time yeah honestly i wonder if it's like some sort of other particle or well, that's what, what the best the best explanation i've heard field that the field that you're talking about before. yeah and that it runs through everything in that different uh like collections of more like complex collections of matter like in humans and stuff are better able to access it and and like be influenced by it and then influence it and so there yeah and there's kind of like stuff with like group thinking where like um 
it, so so like the idea that if a bunch of people will something to happen then like it can happen which i think is kind of cool like if everyone sort of collectively believes in something then it can like push the probability more towards it happening so i think there's also a study done with like a big group of people that was consciously like willing for i don't know if it was like world events or like like some type of events to like not have some like type of bad events to not happen like natural disasters or like shootings or something like that and over the time period they did it there was like a statistically significant drop in whatever that type of disaster or thing that was happening because they had just had a big group of people like willing for that not to happen which again like those are kind of like some sketchy studies probably and can be attributed to chance a lot but like it's kind of interesting that maybe some type of like group thinking and like believing and stuff actually could, you know, somehow interact, interact through some field and push something more towards an outcome. What also is like really interesting to me is have you heard of that fungus? That's like the largest single living organism on earth. Oh yeah. Like slime mold. What? I forget what it's called, but look up, look up slime. slime I think it might be. I'll look up largest living Single living or- organism. It's like some single cell, yeah. Single cell organism. It's from the mushroom man, right? Yeah, the mushroom man. That guy. It, it's like it's like under all of Washington. Yeah. Is this it? No, this is the algae. Algae is pretty crazy as well. I think that's going to be big. They're trying to figure out how to use that as fuel. The algae. Mm-hmm. Largest. Oh yeah, it's in Oregon. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Armillaria astoya. 3.4 square miles. Oh, oh, yeah, but it runs like the mushrooms are dispersal. That's like the reproductive spores. organ. Like yeah. it, it disperses the spores. The actual network is called mycelium and it runs underneath. It's like basically like the roots of it. And it runs like under all of or not maybe not all of Is it all just like one organism? It's one or organism. Is it all cell because there's something else I, I think it's just it's known to be one of the largest living okay. organisms it's like one organism so it's like one person i guess it's collected yeah. it's a, made up of many different cells but it's unified by like one i don't know if it has a nervous system but it's all linked together yeah 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 it's like a collective organism yeah yeah but it says here it covers 3.4 square miles it's crazy <laughs> the humongous fungus <laughs> Grows and spreads primarily un- underground, and the bulk of the organized organism lies in the ground, out of sight, invisible on the surface. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's one thing that I've been wondering if we'll ever figure out. Like they started to think like plants are maybe connected. Like you ever seen the movie Avatar with the blue people? Yeah. Like you know how the the tree in the center that's the center thing of the movie, like their god that they worship. It's yeah. like one interconnected system. On the entire planet, what if we find out that like the plants are like that? Vegetarians are not going to have a good time anymore. <laughs> oh no! Okay. Well, I don't see why. I think I think we're just better at visualizing like like something like this where like it's physically connected, like the all like the whole system underground. There's like physical connection that of like matter that that runs through everything. But like it doesn't seem like why why should it be any different if there's something that's maybe not physically connected but like like things like magnetism work and like obviously like that can be explained we know how to explain that um through like the physics of it and stuff like that but i think there's no reason 
just just like how like the the particles that make up like the the magnetic particles can like attract each other and like influence things that they're not physically touching like why can't there just be some other version of that yeah. where like we have something that's almost like a magnet that can inter that can interact with something it doesn't physically touch and like interact with a field like interact with a magnetic field like mag the magnet interacting with the magnetic field versus like we have our collection of like we each have our own antennas to that yeah sort of frequency yeah so i just thought of this if someone's ever done you know how magnets if you try to push the two of the same ends together oh, it like ends. goes like that mm -hmm. if you somehow keep them in line when they're coming together and you have like another third object kind of like off to the side when it gets close will it push that object away because they're trying to go together if you hold them really close yeah the forces feel, are going you can feel it in your hand yeah like in if there's another thing here will it push that away i don't know I mean, I think if it's magnetic, wasn't everything? Well, I know you know, like a rail gun. What a rail gun is? Yeah, they like shoot it using electromagnets. They just like speed it up. So it's like they put something magnetic with field that's uh, using repulsion, and they just speed it up super fast. Okay, so that's how that works. So I think I think that's what you're saying is that it just needs to be a mag, some sort of magnet. Or like, I mean, I think you can. Well, like, you so can like, technically, make a frog like levitate in like six Tesla of a magnetic field. Something which, but like, I think you need a really extreme magnetic field to make things that aren't magnetic or paramagnetic Float. respond to that. You ever seen those magnetic levitating beds? They're like $20,000. No. That's so sick. Look here, I'll pull up a picture. Levitating bed. It's so cool. It's just like on this magnet. It doesn't float super high, but like it's still floating. Whoops. Let's go back. How does it not like slide off to avoid the force? I, I have no clue. Look at that. That's, that can't that be one's real. pretty high. I don't know if that was real. Like maybe. That might... Oh, these are just like do-it-yourself. This is just like they engineer it. So yeah. it's stuck into the wall. But... Levitating magnetic bed. It's like mag, maglev trains. Dan was telling me oh, about yeah, the yeah. maglev... That's pretty cool. I wish the U.S. Start, the U.S. needs to start building up its infrastructure. We have one of the worst... It's, I don't understand. So they they got to just... I, I don't understand why nobody has run for president on the single, their single thing is just, we're going to take the money and just put it all into making That's what Trump did run on. He said, we're going to have a huge infrastructure and we have nothing. Not Bullshit. <laughs> what I don't understand is like, why isn't that just like a win, 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 win scenario? Because then, it's so expensive. I know, but wouldn't it just create tons of jobs? Like you're in construction. Like wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But create? we don't have the people for it. No. There's a huge labor shortage. Of tradesmen. Really? Yeah. Like construction workers? Within the next 10 years, it's going to be a serious problem because of how many people are going to retire. Is construction getting automated at all or no? Yeah, a little bit. How so? Like what jobs are getting automated? Um, a lot of trades jobs, actually. Probably for that reason, because we don't have the labor for it. But all, like I did a research paper with one of my professors this past spring um, on like excavators. So they're, there's like, they're trying to build up to like AI doing it themselves, but there's like tests and steps they're going through. So right now it's removing the person from the cab of the excavator and um, they control it from outside. And then a step above that is like from a remote location. So I just saw a video on Reddit actually of some guy who was sitting in like a chair in Germany, I think, controlling one in South Korea. And he has like a huge, like, four screen display in front of him and he's sitting in like a mock cabin 
So it's like all the same controls and stuff. Okay. But he's like seeing where it is like on the halfway across the world. Yeah. Controlling wow. it. But they said the big problem with that is I think the latency. Yeah, that I, that's what I'd see as being an issue. Because like that could that could cause some So problems. I saw the latency is an issue. Another study I saw was a network they were using where it, latency wasn't an issue. Like it was so low, humans can't detect it or whatever. But I think the 5G network, when that like becomes the size that it should be, then that's going to help because of how much more data you can transfer and how much faster it is. That like stuff like that is more possible. And then the last thing is just full AI automation. Like, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like that's a ways away. Real far away. Yeah. I think the the next coolest thing that'll happen though, like in construction? Yeah. Is uh when workers start wearing exoskeletons. Oh that so would they be can do cool. so they're like super efficient, like you're not tired, like you just fly around all day. That's gonna be so cool. You seen have you seen that uh movie by the guy who district uh, what's it called? It's got Matt Damon in it. Elysium. It's got like exosuits and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I imagine it looking. It's like you know, oh, and then I think of Boston Dynamics. You know all the crazy shit they do. They I don't know if it's Boston Dynamics. Yeah, Boston Dynamics is the ones that make those little robots. Yeah, yeah like so look, at this, robots, look at this. I I don't know if it was Boston Dynamics that did it or a company like them, but there's like things like that that go around like job sites and you like tell it what tool or whatever you need and it knows where to go, what tool to get, and it'll bring it back to you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, something like that. Just get like this exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like those are probably not too too far off. No, like that's. I think the power is the only thing. You just have to either get a really dense battery, or something. A else. really long How cable. It, so I was thinking, <laughs> we can get it. I don't know what the physics and laws and restrictions are behind batteries. Like, if we can get one really small, and you can fit a ton of energy into it, does it get really heavy? No, I think it gets really hot. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know too much about batteries. But my old mate Alex, he works. Uh, he was like a mechanical engineer, but he did all this co-ops and like battery storage and stuff like yeah. that. I'd have to ask him. Check out. Uh, so know. one of my professors started a company that works. So normal like lithium-ion batteries and stuff. The way they work, you have there's like a liquid that's in there, mm-hmm. and you sort of just like separate charge and it, it goes to different sides and then like it it goes back through like the liquid um it's a horrible explanation but um one of the issues with that like you've seen the videos of like samsung phones and stuff that like explode they like yeah that's super, why you can't bring a lithium-ion battery like, computer through the airport yeah fears of it exploding on yeah. the plane and then also like things like like tesla's cars they they have to encase it in like this big steel frame just in case like you get into an accident or something, you don't want the whole thing just like exploding. And so that adds a ton of weight to Tesla's and also like the batteries are pretty heavy, but what he made is a, it's a solid. So there's like solid state better. So, I don't know if it's called solid state, but like solid batteries. One of the issues with that is that like ion, the ions, cause you're like in lithium ion battery, you're using lithium charged ions that like flow through and they can flow through a liquid easily. But you know, imagine, flowing ions through a solid that's harder um and so you you usually get a lot more resistance with that but he made a special polymer where it flows through the solid just as easily as the liquid and even better and what you're able to do is you can make the battery 
with the same amount of power, like a quarter of the size. And it can be like paper. It's literally just like, looks like a piece of paper, like super thin. And you can cut it all up. Like you can stab it. If you were to do that to a lithium ion battery, it would. So like, here, like, look up like Ionic Materials, I think is the name of the company. Ionic Materials. There's a cool, like little short PBS video on it. But it's really cool because it's pretty much just like it this. here? Woburn? Woburn Max. Yeah. It's pretty much like you take, um, there's like, a, they, they show the battery just hooked up to like a light. You can literally just chop the battery. It's just like a, like a paper strip. You can literally chop it up all different ways you want that it still provides the same amount of like voltage and stuff. So the light doesn't dim, doesn't like change at all when you're cutting That's it up and it doesn't cool. explode. So like you don't have to encase like things like Tesla batteries. And it also can fit like four times the amount of energy storage in the same amount of space as a lithium ion. What's the so problem like, holding back just cost? They're just working to ramp up oh, production. Um, That's awesome. So like, I think they have some deals with like LG and, and that, but it sounds like it's like the, the next well, thing. Just thin phone could be. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be so sick. But I feel like thin phones have gotten thin enough. I'd yeah, rather have thin. more battery. Them. Like if you need a case for it, they're getting bigger again. It's just getting bigger. No, bigger. that's that. But the, that's like the actual footprint of it, yep. not the, the thickness of it. Like I don't care about the thickness really, though. Yeah, I don't. What What do you mean? Like they're focusing on. I don't know why they're making them bigger. I I don't know. That was the whole thing, like making them small, and then you got to like the optimal size. You know what I? And that's like, oh, let's make them bigger again. You know what I think will be the next thing when they have like project it. You can like project it from your watch. You oh, know, yeah. Mass Effect. What's that tool? The Omni tool. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like they're, you're gonna get a watch or something and we'll be able to project it on your. I've seen like little like yeah, I've seen demos demo of videos stuff, of stuff that. like. But I feel like that will be that'll be big, and especially once AR augmented reality gets good enough. That sort of stuff where you can just kind of like play with different virtual objects, like an Iron Man. Yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Have you seen the, like you were talking about the, that you can cut up and stuff. Have you seen the, like the pen where it draws with the electronic ink and you can just like draw out circuits? It's more of like a oh, really? novelty thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I, it doesn't work too well, but I mean, I'm sure they're working on 3d printing and kind of extruding it to like, yeah, it's basically like a printing a circuit board, I guess. But, uh, let me look up. What is it? Magnetic ink. Pen. It's pretty cool. It's like a YouTube video. Oh no, that's pretty cool though too. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Oh, do you know what electrostatic painting is? No, that's also really cool. So the uh, like it's for painting like metal stuff, and it, you I think negatively charge the metal, like hook up a negative charge to it, and then with the paint you're spraying, you positively charge the paint. Like somehow at the tip of it, it like shoots through, and like the paint picks up electrons as it goes and then when it's sprayed and it hits the metal they attract each other so it like even if you shoot up here it'll like come back and like swoop around to the back side of it so like it's like a homing missile it, it's like the way to like perfectly paint something I do like cars and stuff that's it's like cool. really cool oh yeah that's, here? that's probably a good this one? Or the other one i was looking at the middle one. Oh, okay, okay. one yeah that's what i was thinking of like spraying rails is it so it's using construction and stuff yeah is that so you don't waste as much or yeah i guess yeah. so Less waste, like faster, oh, more productive. Really so it just wraps around, essentially. Yeah, because yeah, it attracts. So like, you can paint the backside just by spraying the front forward. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, pretty cool. Oh, you were telling me about the buildings before with yeah. the fire escape and stuff like that. So when when you're building 
like a skyscraper like that. I know that's not the type of stuff that you guys do, but like, what is the, once you put in the foundation, put up like the support beams and stuff, what is like the next step? So it's like substructure. Yeah. So like in Boston, I, I think I did a tour of that building um, freshman one, year for one, one of my classes. One? Yeah. And that was before anything was like above ground. And I think they had to, the piles had to be like, they dug out like a column, like this size, I think, of this table all the way so down. What, what would you say that is? It's probably like three by three. Three by three? Yeah. So like, it may have been even bigger. And um, that's really, they use like slurry walls. So oh, they dig get, down. Oh, we got to get the charger on this. So they dig down and um, they fill it with this like liquid slurry. And that way it doesn't collapse on itself. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So they can dig real far down like straight without it collapsing on itself to get the columns or whatever in. And so I don't know how deep this one was, but uh, it also showed the rebar cage on the side of it and the thing was massive. So you do it like that and then you put the steel up and then you probably frame the, uh, the outside edges with either, that's like all glass. So there's not much, you just like attach the glass frames to it or whatever. But like other buildings, you'll put like, the studs on the side and then like start closing it back in and then do all the interior stuff after. In skyscrapers, there's like a beam that runs through it that like flexes, right? It's like I, the whole thing. I thought, I thought there was like a center, like a center beam that's for like earthquakes or something. No, I'm just making that up. I, no, I, I've heard of that. Maybe it might maybe, be open. Yeah. Maybe it's that one. Is that the Burj Khalifa? Yeah. I think that's right. I think that has a centralized support somehow. Cause that so, one, it's like three separate. Wind, right? Cause like hit by the wind yeah like it flexes with it yeah yeah that's why it, it can be bigger at the bottom and then smaller at the top because if it was the same size all the way up for a building that big i think the wind would just unless you had some crazy like flexible action in the structure but other than that i think it would just like be too top heavy because of the like torque all the force like at the very top that'd be so magnified at the bottom it probably wouldn't be able to have you ever seen that uh, video of the bridge collapse where like the bridge starts moving at some frequency oh, the yeah. same as the earthquake and it just starts wobbling oh, yeah, the yeah, wave? Yeah. yeah, I remember we had to watch that in like engineering ethics class or something like, along those lines. Yeah, It was engineered to do that? No, it wasn't. Oh, It was, it was, it was just, just like the frequency. It reached like the perfect frequency and it just start. It looks like it's like water. It's like galloping yeah. dirty or something. Something like bridge. Bridge oscillating. I don't know. Disaster. Yeah, I think this is it. Tacoma Narrows Bridge Collapse. I think I'm pretty sure this is it. Galloping Gertie. This is like the classic video they show you. If yeah. It's like required in engineering education, I guess. Yeah, you're going into any science or technology field. They're like, don't do this. Think about being on that bridge. Oh, yeah. It's just a, looks like the ocean steel beams it's crazy how flexible steel is you don't yeah. really think about it yeah but is it what do you think is the ratio of like to steel in a building depends on if you build a concrete or steel building <laughs> <laughs> so there's buildings that are 100 concrete yeah they don't use any steel what's what's better about that um i don't know it's all preference really i think is it cheaper to? It's probably cheaper. Like not even with like rebar. 
Well, like, probably. I don't know. It's but, like but, parking garages. Like it's faster too. I think. Just like, you more can, concrete. Yeah, you can prefab like mm. all all the concrete and just piece it together. Mm. How how is that done? Like, how do they put together the concrete? Like, what do, what do they like? Or is it just like how do they put pieces of concrete together? Yeah, it just sits on each other. That's or it. you dowel like a dowel of some sort. Huh. So you literally just drop it in. Like Pretty much a snug fit. Yeah. There's nothing like, like there's like a cutaway. Size. I mean, there's probably something you put through it. Huh. But for the most part, it's like just sits together. Glue. <laughs> yeah. A little Elmer's glue. Yeah. How often do do like things that have no business being screwed up are screwed up on construction sites? Like how often do you have to rework something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my site right now. So we're putting it, it's like a, we have the first ground floor and the second floor above it. And we're putting in a new curtain wall for the entire length. So like, this isn't going to help the audio, but like, so the building used to just go straight up all the way. But now what the new tenant wants is the front entrance to sit back and then come up at the top and then go all the way up. So it's recessed. The entrance yeah. is recessed. Yeah, but not even the whole floor is recessed. Like half the first floor is recessed. So we had to tear out the whole front of the building, like all the brick and stuff. And then we're putting up two columns, a beam at the top of that. And then I think at least one other beam at like the second floor. And then um, one like halfway down. So it, I wasn't here for this because it happened over the spring when I wasn't there working. So they put those up. And then uh, just this past week or two, we were trying to put the window in with it. And the window guys are like, dude, I don't know what these iron workers are doing, but like <laughs> <laughs> the front entrance looks retarded. Like if you look, I was <laughs> I was there yesterday looking at it because like complaining about how like not plumb it was. So I walk over, stand in front of it, and there's like the column, a little tiny gap, and then where like the brick continues for the rest. If you look at the edge of the brick and the column, the column goes like all, it's like four inches off by from the front and the top, like four inches to the side. And then the other one goes two inches the other way. So it's like a six inch difference that we didn't account for. So oh, man. we had to like rework the whole thing. That beam they're putting on the first floor, the guys put 20 inches too high. So it didn't work. <laughs> so we had to have them bring in another one, uh, set it again at the correct height. And then yesterday, the guys were trying to put that in at the new beam. And they're like, uh yeah it's too short it's not gonna work i'm like oh my god you gotta be kidding me but it was only off by like half an inch or something so like when i took the measurements i took the measurement of the frame and then um i, I gave like an inch for a uh, cock joint and then an inch for um like blocking under the beam so i was like oh that's plenty because that's like oh, probably an inch more than they need but that's fine to make sure it works and then it didn't work. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I had to take the plywood off and like, we're just like kind of shoddily, not shoddy, but like, it's not the way that we planned on doing it. It's yeah. like, we have to rework the whole thing kind of just because of that. So like that, that happens, I think fairly often <laughs> when, uh, we were demoing the space. Um, there's like the front entrance had a candy pit that came out and the whole like 20 years that that building was there so far. Um, it's been leaking. And they couldn't figure out why. So we demo, like, rip back the canopy. And inside, there's, like, a rain leader pipe. 
with a hole drilled right through the middle of it and an electrical cable coming. An electrical cable? Yeah. All of that. So <laughs> we think that what probably happened was um, the electrician was probably trying to run his wire or whatever. And the plumber came through and put his pipe there. And the electrician was probably like, hey, bro, you can't put that there. We're not ready for it yet. Like, I have to get my cables. And the plumber probably was like, fuck you. Puts it in anyway. So they're like, no, fuck you. He drills through the <laughs> How long did that take to get reworked? Uh, we were done with it anyway. So. Oh, oh yeah. it's just been like that for like twenty years, though. That's why they've had the leak the whole time. That's so water funny. just like pours out there. That's hilarious. Oh my god! So it's basically like a gutter, like you know, like that yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of flow of water. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's too. Funny. Oh, and then uh, another one in like that little area over um I don't know it was like just after Thanksgiving, um the restaurant near us. Whenever it rained hard, water would fly out of the toilets. Because the toilets, the drain wasn't a waistline. They tied it into the uh, stormwater system. So the water would, the rainwater would become pouring down from like the roof and stuff. And it would shoot out of the, like back shoot out of the toilets. So like they had to like close down the restaurant for like a week <laughs> after whenever it rained. Because like it was just sh- like they couldn't use the bathrooms they had to direct them across the street you're taking a shit and there's a flash flood yeah <laughs> you'd get blown off the toilet <laughs> that's so crazy. so we had to rework that too but um that wasn't us to begin with that was like some yeah, other you guys, you guys didn't yeah we we're just there uh to fix it and then um a week or two ago the floor above us back on the bigger job <laughs> i was like just going downstairs and then someone's like Oh, dude, there's, like, water pouring in up on the second floor. I'm like, oh, God, what? I thought someone hit, like, a sprinkler line or something. And, no, it's pouring from the deck above us. So I'm like, oh, shit, what happened? And, like, so I run upstairs. So I'm like, oh, that's, like, the hotel, like, bathroom or mechanical room above us. So I'm like, oh, God, what happened? So I go up there, <laughs> take the elevator up, turn the corner, and, like, down the hall. The floor is a pool. There's like water everywhere. I'm like, holy shit, what happened? So I go in, look in the bathroom, and there's glass everywhere. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And the guy's like, yeah, uh, one of the flushometers on top of the toilet shot off the toilet and smashed a mirror across the room. <laughs> wow. And I was like, hold, like if someone was in there and that, they would have been dead, no doubt. It shot off just like a bullet. Like a yeah, like a, a missile. missile, like a man. Yeah, missile. it was one of those man. Mis- wow. It just shot across the room. It's actually called a flashometer. Yeah, that's what like the the uh, sensor things yeah. are called. Yeah, <laughs> flashometer. Sounds like a event invention that grew made up in discovery. <laughs> Vector. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good stopping point. <laughs> and on the oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> How long was that one? That one felt like our longest one. Oh, that was definitely the longest one so far. Anyway. Uh, that's all, folks.